Hey, good morning, guys. Actually, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's evening right now. It is around 8 o'clock p.m. on this Tuesday. And I am so excited here for this podcast message today, guys. As you know, Alpha Talk Tuesday is a weekly call to connect, empower, and inspire enlightened minds to pursue a life of greatness. <clears throat> Now, for those of you who know, we are in a message series titled, Don't Marry Delilah. We are currently in part four of this five-part series. Now, just to give you a brief recap on some of the things we've talked about in this series, which is centered around kingdom covenants, right? So we talked about how kingdom covenants affect how you do business and how you do your assignment in the earth. The relationships that you have have a huge effect on the assignment in your life. So just to do a brief recap, I'm going to go through the prior three parts. So part one, we talked about the purpose of union. We talked about how the purpose of union is to multiply. So when God brings together covenants, it's to bring production to multiply what God wants to be multiplied in the earth, whether that be relationships, whether that be finances, whether that be wisdom, whatever that thing is, there are so many different ways God wants unions to multiply he wants there to be fruitfulness then we went on to part two which was exposing the spirit of jezebel we talked about the spirit of jezebel the traits and characteristics that she has we talked about how she has authority issues and the only way to overcome the spirit of jezebel is by brute force then we went and talked about the spirit of delilah which is a less discussed spirit here in um, the body of Christ. A lot of people don't understand Delilah and her assignment. And remember how we talked about spirits do not have genders. So these spirits, even though their names may be feminine or masculine, spirits do not have a gender. So the assignment is not only through a man or through a woman, it's through a person. So continuing on, we talked about Delilah. We exposed her traits and characteristics. We talked about how Delilah comes after your strength. She she goes after those who are dealing with trauma. Hold on one second. She goes after those who deal with trauma. And ultimately, we talked about how the only way to really overcome the spirit of Delilah is through the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is your weapon against the spirit of Delilah. So continuing on, which leads you right into part four, which is we're going to be talking about Ahab. And I don't believe that this is going to be a long message because I really don't have a lot of notes on this because I'm not going to say that Ahab is a spirit. I'm just going to refer to him as a personality, right? I'm going to refer to him as a personality. And for this part of the series, I just want to give you some insight and some revelation 
based on what the Lord has revealed to me as of yet. So let me start us off in prayer. Father God, I just want to thank you for the time that you have given us. I want to thank you for allowing us to know you, to worship you. Father, we don't take it lightly what you have done through your blood. We don't take it lightly what Jesus has done on the cross. We don't take it lightly, Father. We thank you. We thank you that you don't um, you don't you don't force us to cho- to choose you. You chose us, and you have um, you have designed us in such a way that we can't live without you. We can't live without you. We don't want to live without you, Father. And I just pray, Lord, that everyone who is listening to this just really gets wisdom, revelation, understanding on how they should approach their relationships, whether there is whether they're for business, for ministry, for marriage, friendships and so forth, family, whatever. Father, I just pray that you would give us wisdom and revelation regarding how to navigate our relationships so that we can honor you and honor others. Father, use this time that we have together to bring glory to your name, to bring healing, to bring truth, and to bring forth power. We trust you, Father. Your will and purpose be done through these words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, guys. So once again, I want to thank all of you for joining the Alpha Talk Tuesday podcast. As I mentioned, this is a weekly podcast to connect, empower, and inspire enlightened minds to pursue a life of greatness. So part four of the Don't Marry Delilah series, we are going to be talking about King Ahab. So for those of you who don't know who King Ahab was, he was the he was the husband of Jezebel. And what I'm going to do is go to 1 Kings, 1 Kings chapter 21. I'm going to read and hold on one second here. 1 Kings chapter 21, starting at verse, let's see. Lord Jesus. Mm-mm-mm. Hold on. Let's see where we're going to start. You know what? Hold on. Because this is... This is very... Okay. Alright, I'll start off actually in First Kings chapter 20. I'm going to read a lot of scripture to you guys. So be prepared because I want you to listen to this and really think about the personality of Ahab. So we're going to 1 Kings chapter 20, and I'm starting at verse 35. And it says, Meanwhile, the Lord instructed one of the group of prophets to say to another man, Hit me. But the man refused to hit the prophet. Then a prophet told him, Because you have not obeyed the voice of the Lord, a lion will kill you as soon as you leave me. And when he had gone, a lion did attack him and kill him. Then a prophet turned to another man and said, hit me. So he struck the prophet and wounded him. The prophet placed a bandage over his eyes to disguise himself, then waited beside the road for the king. As the king passed by, the prophet called out to him, sir, I was in a thick of battle and suddenly a man brought me a prisoner. He said, guard this man. If for any reason he gets away, you will either die or pay a fine of 75 pounds of silver. But while I was busy doing something else, the prisoner disappeared. Well, it's your own fault, the king replied. You have brought the judgment on yourself. 
then the then the prophet quickly pulled the bandage from his eyes and the king of Israel recognized him as one of the prophets the prophet said to him this is what the Lord says because you have spared the man I said must be destroyed now you must die in his place and your people will die instead of his people so the king of Israel went to Samaria angry and sullen so I want to pause right there really quickly before I go on to the next chapter so notice that the king oh lord 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 the king his reply was just to become angry and sullen he didn't come he didn't go to God right he didn't get more information he didn't pray or fast he just went home angry and sullen now let's look up the word sullen really quickly before we move on because uh, in another translation it says he went to his house heavy and displeased so in other words pretty much he just went home and he was he was he was fat he was vexed he was frustrated right now there was no response there was no response other than going home angry and sullen there was no repentance there was no confession he just went home angry and sullen i want you to pay attention and it's the reason i'm saying this over and over so i'm going to continue on i'm going to when first kings chapter 21 first kings chapter 21 now it says now there was a man for you know we, we're in the next chapter after chapter 20 <laughs> for those of you who don't know so first kings chapter 21 verse 1 says now there was a man named naboth from jezreel who owned a vineyard in Jezreel beside the palace of King Ahab of Samaria. One day Ahab said to Naboth, <clears throat> excuse my voice, since your vineyard is so convenient to my palace, I would like to buy it to use as a vegetable garden. I will give you a better vineyard in exchange, or if you prefer, I will pay you for it. But Naboth replied, the Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance that was passed down by my ancestors. So Ahab went home angry and sullen because of Naboth's answer. Pay attention to that. Remember, he just got confronted by another prophet. Well, Naboth wasn't a prophet, but he just got confronted by another a, a prophet. And his response was to go home angry and sullen or heavy and displeased. There was no other response. So anyway, say, so Ahab went home angry and sullen because of Naboth's answer. The king went to bed with his face to the wall and refused to eat. Now pay attention to this, right? What's the matter? His wife Jezebel asked him. What's made you so upset that you're not eating? I asked Naboth to sell me his vineyard or trade it, but he refused, Ahab told her. Are you the king of Israel or not? Jezebel demanded. Get up and eat something and don't worry about it. I'll get, I'll get you Naboth's vineyard. Now pay attention to this, right? She, um, I'm going to pause really quickly. So Ahab is receiving instructions from his wife that she's going to get what he was just denied. But pay attention, he's the king. He's the king. Now pay attention to this next line. 
So she wrote letters in Ahab's name, filled them with his fill, and sent them to the elders and other leaders of the town where Naboth lived. In her letters, using the king's seal, using the king's signature, using the king's IG tag, using the king's Facebook handle, using the king's Facebook name. <laughs> so she wrote letters in Ahab's name, sealed them with his seal, and sent them to the elders and other leaders of the town where Naboth lived. In her letters, she commanded, call the citizens together for fasting and prayer and give Naboth a place of honor. And then seek two scoundrels across from whom him who will accuse him of cursing God and the king. Then take him out and stone him to death. So the elders and other town leaders followed the instructions Jezebel had written in the letters. They called for a fast and put Naboth at a prominent place before the people. Then the two scoundrels came and sat down across from him. And they accused Naboth before all the people, saying he cursed God and the king. So he was dragged outside the town and stoned to death. When Jezebel heard the news, she said to Ahab, You know the vineyard Naboth wouldn't sell you? Well, you can have it now. He's dead. Now, I'm going to pause there really quickly. So notice that Jezebel comes to her husband, the king, Ahab, and she tells him that she was able to get rid of the person that denied him the land, which was Naboth. The next scripture, the next verse, it says, so Ahab immediately went down to the vineyard and Naboth to claim it. I'm going to stop right there really quickly um, because that's really like my subject matter for today. So Ahab clearly knew that according to Israelite laws and so forth, there were certain laws that kind of stipulated the land of the ancestors. So when a person, let's say a plot of land came down from the family, you couldn't just take it. There had to be like a whole process you had to go through, especially if you were in Israel and in Judah and so forth, there were certain laws that had to be honored. So Jezebel found a workaround, right? She said, you know what? We're just going to get rid of them. We're just going to kill them. So she says, I'm going to get the vineyard for you. Ahab does not say anything. First point I want to make here, right, is... All it takes, this is a quote that we hear, um, you've heard before, I'm sure you've heard it. The quote, it says, all it takes for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing. So Ahab clearly knew that he was not entitled to that land. He was not supposed to have that land. But just like the man that gave him instructions before, Instead of Ahab confronting the person and dealing with it face to face, right? Ahab went home angry and sullen. But when the injustice was committed, he went to claim it. He went to go claim the land that was stolen from another man. So now we see a person who is passive aggressive. 
passive aggressive now they're passive because they're afraid to fight but they're aggressive to claim what somebody else fought for let me repeat that again because this is one of the things that the that personality i'm not calling it a spirit the personality of ahab is is he's passive he's passive and he's aggressive at the same time so he's passive when it comes to confronting people right he refrains from it he doesn't stand up for justice but he is aggressive when it comes to his stuff to claiming what he believes is his which actually works right in line with the spirit of Jezebel so it's almost like this duality that Ahab has where he allows others to do the toil for him so one of the personality traits of a of Ahab is he is extremely non-confrontational now it's a very specific reason why I keep saying that I'm not exposing Ahab as a spirit because that's not how I got it that's not what I was getting as far as um Ahab being a spirit I did get insight on Jezebel and Delilah being spirits but Ahab I'm seeing and I was revealed that it's more so of a personality so the spirit I'm sorry the personality of Ahab is very non-confrontational so he does not stand up for justice he allows evil to go forth in his presence the sin of passivity is just as ugly as the sin of unrighteous aggression let me repeat that again the sin of passivity is just as ugly as the sin of unrighteous aggression what i mean by that is it's one thing to relax and not do anything it's another thing to be extremely angry and aggressive which i just told you how ahab he's passive aggressive so he's passive when it comes to face to face but when it comes to claiming what he feels is rightfully his he's extremely aggressive so it shows that there is some type of dichotomy some type of misunderstanding going on with this personality type so i'm going to go through spiritual warfare 101 because i'm going to speak right now that those of you who are afraid to stand up for justice who are afraid to stand up for the kingdom of god and and the advancement of the of the king's kingdom I'm going to speak that no longer will you walk in timidity no longer will you walk in fear you will stand up for what is right in Jesus name you will not sit by and allow evil to go forth in your presence now I want to hold on one second I'm going to go to Isaiah chapter 1 verses 15 through 20 and it says when you lift up your hands in prayer I will not look Though you offer many prayers I will not listen for your hands are covered with the blood of innocent victims wash yourselves and be clean get your sins out of my sight give up your evil ways learn to do good seek justice help the oppressed defend the cause of orphans fight for the rights of widows come now let's settle this says the lord 
Though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, I will make them as white as wool. If you will only obey me, you will have plenty to eat. But if you turn away and refuse to listen, you will be devoured by the sword of your enemies. I, the Lord, have spoken. That's Isaiah verses 1, one I'm sorry, chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. So we see that the Lord gives us instructions to defend the orphans, to help the oppressed, to seek justice, to fight for the widows. How many of us are allowing evil to exist in our presence? We see people get cursed out and we don't say anything. We see people um, just like, I'm, I'm talking about more so stuff being done in your presence. Stuff happens online, you know, all the time. I'm not really gonna go into that. That's not really my subject matter for today. But I'm talking about immediately around you. You see somebody getting cursed out. You see um, someone, like whatever. At the end of the day, if you allow this stuff to happen in your presence and it doesn't bother you at all and you feel like it's none of your business, whether it's, you know, the, the Lord may not have you intervene. He may not have you jump in it, but he may have you go into prayer. You may have to go into prayer and start to do some warfare prayer. That You should do something. Don't be like Ahab, just being angry and sullen. You want to be a person who sees these things and you inject yourself and um, you inject the presence of God through you to intervene in that matter. You are not comfortable seeing wickedness. You should not be comfortable if you're a child of God. If you have the Holy Spirit in you, you should not be comfortable seeing wickedness. So I said I was going to go through spiritual warfare 101 because it's very important as we are standing up for the King of glory, the Lord Jesus, we need to have insight on what we should be praying for regarding spiritual warfare. So point number one regarding spiritual warfare, your prayer every day should be for more of the Holy Spirit. To elaborate on that, what you should desire every day is more of the Lord's presence in you. You should be desiring more of the Holy Spirit because what the Holy Spirit does in you is create distance between how you usually act and how God wants you to act. He allows there to be a crossroad when in the past before, you would just go by what you felt. You would just go by what you saw somebody else do. You would just go by what you saw online. You would go by your instincts. But what the presence of the Lord does is create this distance and allow you to choose which path to take. Choose this day whom you will serve. This is what you are asking for when you ask for more of the Holy Spirit. What you're asking for is more of the ability to choose God. Point number two, what you fail to identify, you fail to conquer. Understand, beloved, that there is no ambiguity in the realm of the Spirit. Everything has intention and purpose. Nothing is aimless. So if you can't name it, you can't have authority over it. If you feel discouraged, you need to name that thing. If you feel like you're being attacked by poverty, don't feel it. You need to name that thing. Take authority over it. Whatever you fail to identify, you fail to conquer. Don't allow your feelings to be nameless. 
allow them to be named so you can take authority over them. Because like I said, beloved, there is no ambiguity in the realm of the spirit. Point number three, you can't serve two masters. You will either hate God and love Satan or you will love God and hate Satan. You can serve only one, but you cannot serve both. So understand that if you are choosing to be all in for the king, understand that you are now an enemy of Satan. And if you're choosing to be an enemy of God, understand that you know, uh, I'm sorry, if you're choosing to be a friend of Satan, then you're making yourself an enemy of God. You can't choose both. There is no middle ground in the spirit realm. You are either all for God or you're all for the devil. There is no playground in the spirit. Choose this day whom you will serve. Point number four, stop ignoring the fruit that falls off the tree and deal with it accordingly. So what I mean by that is Jesus said, judge a tree by the fruit that it bears in other words judge people by their actions so if you see a person starts to operate in a certain demeanor a certain spirit and it's something that you know the lord wants you to pray about don't just ignore it like oh no they just act like this no you if you like going back to ahab don't see evil and don't do anything like of course we don't want to be a people who like you know we, we <laughs> they say some people are spooky i don't want you to be spooky but i do want you to be a person who doesn't allow things to just slide you know if you know if you're going to love if you're going to be with people you want to be a person who always allows the people around you to keep progressing so you want to be praying for the people around you pray for the people in your house pray, pray for the people in your building pray for the people at your job pray for your clients pray for your business partners pray for your investors pray for everyone connected to you don't ignore the fruit that you see falling off the tree so if you see certain behaviors pray about them don't ignore it Last point regarding spiritual warfare one-on-one. Last point is this. Everything is about territory. The territory you fail to conquer or confront becomes the problem of your offspring. In other words, if you don't deal with this demon, your children are going to have to deal with it. Your children are going to have to confront it because the demons you fail to take authority over become the giants in the land where your children are wanting to go. So as a child of God, you want to have some language and strategy for your life and be in a position where you can impart that knowledge to your offspring, to your children. So this is the reason why, like I said in part one of this series, is you want to leave a blueprint and a map behind. What do I mean by the bl a blueprint and the map? You need to document your journey. Doc document your experience whether it's in a journal whether it's in a diary whether it's through whatever it is you want to document the experience so going back into the point regarding Ahab is child of God you don't want to be a person who allows evil to continue in your presence 
to continue in your domain. If you are a child of God, you should be claiming every territory that you are in, whether it be your job, whether it be your home, whether it be your um, your business, whether it be your relationship, whatever it is, if it's here, you should be claiming it for the king. You should be claiming it for the king. You should be claiming it as a place where the spirit of the Lord is present. So you should not be comfortable allowing evil to continue in your presence. So, child of God, understand that secondhand smoke is just as dangerous as smoking it yourself. If you allow evil to exist in your presence, you are allowing that smoke to get in you. And eventually, the side effects will manifest. So, yes, you may be seeing evil and you're ignoring it and you're not saying anything, but eventually it will find its way to your doorstep. It will find its way to your doorstep. So I encourage you, child of God, to stand for righteousness, no matter the cost. No matter the cost. One of the things I noticed about Ahab, and I'm almost done here, is that Ahab submits to the authority of stronger personalities. So one of the issues that Ahab has is if he's... Um, for example, we know that Jezebel had a stronger personality because she was operating in the spirit of her gods, which was Baal. So because she was religious, right? Because Jezebel is religious. She's actually really religious, which is a different conversation for a different time. I did talk about that two weeks ago. We touched on how Jezebel is actually dedicated to her gods. Her name literally means wife of Baal. Her name also means unhusbanded, which means she can't have a husband. Her name also means her husband is Baal. That's what Jezebel's name means. So even though Ahab was married to Jezebel, in reality, she was not treating him like a husband because her husband is her God. It's her God. Her God is Baal. So Ahab's authority is simply a signature that she is using to accomplish her own purposes. So Jezebel uses her, she uses Ahab's authority to accomplish her own assignments. Another example of this, we can go to the spirit. This spirit also worked through Herodias in the New Testament. Remember that? story when John the Baptist had confronted King Herod and they put him in prison but he was sitting in prison and King Herod wanted to get rid of him but he also was like no he he didn't want to get rid of him he was conflicted until a certain woman danced for him spirit of Delilah right spirit of Delilah seduced him pulled him in got him to weaken his defenses which prepared him to be ministered to by the spirit of Jezebel, which was Herodias. Herodias said, okay, she said to the little girl that danced for King Herod, she said, ask for John John the Baptist's head on a platter. That's the spirit of Jezebel, because remember how I told you, Jezebel goes after the mouth of God. Delilah goes after the strength of God. Jezebel goes after the mouth of God. So Jezebel was operating 
through Herodias in the New Testament. And she was the one who ordered John the Baptist to be beheaded. Because remember, the spirit of Jezebel uses the authority of the weaker personality. Let me repeat that again. Jezebel uses the authority of the weaker personality to accomplish her own purposes. So, in closing, guys, the only way that Jezebel is defeated is by brute force. Now, if you are a person um, who has allowed evil to exist in your presence, you have been afraid to speak out to defend certain people or to defend certain causes to stand up for the kingdom of God it's okay you know we all like I we I have made mistakes I have you know dealt with this Ahab personality just to be really frank that was something that I battle with being non-confrontational not wanting to deal with things head on because this can attack any person you know being a person who is non-confrontational it appears like you're being wise or you're being peaceful but in reality what happens is the war happens within you so even though you're not confronting it directly it's happening inside of you because now your own soul is tormenting you this is the reason why even though Ahab was already angry and selling he still went home and he was facing the wall when we just read in chapter 20 he went home and he was angry and sullen and he was laying um, face, I'm sorry, in chapter 21, he was laying and facing the wall because he couldn't get Naboth's garden. So anyway, if you are a person who has dealt with this, it's okay. Like, trust me. God loves you. You don't have to settle for being a person who walks in fear and timidity. That's not your story anymore. You can walk in love, power, and have a sound mind. I'm speaking that over you right now in the name of Jesus. You are a person who walks in authority, who walks in godly love, who walks in godly power, who walks in godly authority. You walk in godly courage. You walk in godly bravery. You are able to conquer all these things, all these things that have set to destroy you. You are not weak. Yes, you have ignored a few things. You have allowed certain things to happen. But starting today, you are going to stand in your God-given authority and you're not going to allow evil to continue to dwell in your presence. Whether it be you praying or you, you getting some prayer oil and putting it over places at your job, in your marriage, in your relationship, in your business. You want to start cleaning places, people, and things for the kingdom of God. You don't have to be loud and boastful to be powerful. You just need to be a person who is so in love with Jesus, so full of his spirit, that it saturates everything, everyone, in every place you go. So I encourage you, child of God, repent. Don't allow evil to exist in your presence. Don't allow things the, the like we touched on in Isaiah chapter one. We talked about the um, seeking justice. We talking about helping the oppressed. We talked about defending orphans. We talked about fighting for widows. The Lord wants you 
to stand for him. He wants you to know that you are loved and that heaven has your back. Child of God, child of God, it's okay. Standing on his authority, standing on God's word is your strength. It's a new day for you. It's a new day. You will trust him. You will know him. And you will no longer be overtaken by wicked spirits and wicked personalities. You will stand in your God-given authority in Jesus' name. So guys, I want to close us with this. I just want to I just want you to know that God loves you and that now is the time to repent. If you have dealt with any of these spirits, Delilah, Jezebel, the personality of Ahab, whatever wickedness the Lord has exposed to you, whatever you need to repent of, this is your opportunity right now to let these things go and to confess the Lord as your life and to say, Jesus, you are my life. You are my peace. You are my joy. Apart from you, I am nothing. So guys, I hope that this message blessed you. I hope that you understand that you are now walking in your God-given authority. You are not going to be the same after today. You're not going to be the same. You're going to walk in a higher level of authority. You're going to start commanding atmospheres to be conducive to what the Lord wants. You're going to start commanding the relationships to be conducive to what the Lord wants. You're going to start commanding the things around you and the things that you touch to become conducive to what the Lord wants. You want heaven to feel free wherever you are. Let it fall because today is a new day. All right, guys, I thank all of you for tuning into this message. We pray that this message blessed you and you remember that you are Thank you for tuning into the podcast today. This is the Alpha Talk Tuesday podcast held every Tuesday morning from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We look forward to you joining us next week. Have a wonderful day. And remember that you are out.